Today on the show, we talk about family values and stabbing. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Bruce. And I'm Kevin. Today we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic I've been wanting to see if we could do, because since we did Ezio the last time, uh, I wanted to do not so much a character as it is like a set of characters. I wanted to talk about the Kenways. The entire family. Yes, all three of them. Uh, So... Uh, let's see, only two of them have their own games, but uh, I think uh, definitely there was, there's a lot to unpack. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the events that happened. Uh, just This is going to be a two-part series. Uh, the first is going to be talking about Edward Kenway and Haytham Kenway, uh, followed by Haytham and Connor Kenway. So this is going to be spanning across... Uh, Assassin's Creed 3, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Rogue, and the Assassin's Creed tie-in novel Forsaken. I love the Kenways, as you might have been able to guess. Uh, I find their entire family just a hodgepodge of emotional trauma and a mess of mistakes, but it it really, God, it's just really interesting to see. They are really, um, I would say if Ezio was the super important individual they are the super important family like that's just that's just what it is yeah i think we 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 talked about this before where it was kind of like you know the kenways are almost like the the skywalkers or like you know the hamlet and his crazy messed up family um in just the ways that it's just this one you know these important this important clan of uh you know special somethings who are just rife with emotional baggage that make them just a danger to themselves and others yeah they really have a um they have a no you can say it go ahead they have a lot of problems (laughs) like they are just (laughs) like they are like you know when you're a kid and you want to hang out with this you know, you meet some kid at school and you want to hang out with, with them. And you're like, Hey mom, I met this kid at school. And like your parents probably went to high school with the parents or whatever. And they're like, Oh no, 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 no. You stay away from that. No, 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 no. We can't do that. We can't do that. Like that's, that's, that's basically them. I was thinking of just like, Hey, you meet this one kid and like, he, he's like, Oh yeah, we're having like dinner at my place. Do you want to come? And we're like, Oh yeah, sure. And then you go to their place and it's just a fucking madhouse it's just <laughs> like the dad's like why why is the dog upstairs and like the wife is just like you'll you never love me and like oh the, the siblings are just like i'm running away for the fourth time this week and you're just like what's happening and your friend's and just the- like come on my mom made lasagna <laughs> Yeah, basically. As soon as you started saying it, I'm like, oh, yeah, so uh, Italian family. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Just a regular Italian family, like in like Jersey or something. I'm like, yeah, that's just it. That's just it right there. I mean, you know, it's it's any family, but <laughs> I've been to a few uh, friends' places like that. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the, the Kenways are just like this wealth of drama. And uh, we're going to talk about one of the most dramatic of them all. 
the OG granddad Kenway Edward. Um, but yeah, uh, so we start off with uh, Edward. He was actually not the first one introduced. That was uh, Connor Kenway, um, the uh, Native American assassin, Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, but then we kind of follow him, uh, his lineage, uh, back to uh, Edward Kenway uh, in the golden age of piracy. Um, so it is no secret. I hate Edward. I think he's an asshole. Just huge dick. Um, but as I was doing more research and as I learned more about him, that kind of shifted. But in the game, in Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, he's a dick. I hate him. I always thought he was shit. I mean, that entire game, personally, I did not think that was a very good Assassin's Creed game. I thought it was a good pirate game. It was a kick-ass pirate game. It was a pirate game. Yeah, fuck yeah. This guy's a pirate. Like, yeah. this, it was a great pirate game. But for Assassin's Creed, I was just like, this is shit. So let me break this down for everyone, for our listeners at home. Edward Kenway was a drunken Welsh privateer uh, who wanted to make his claim for fame and gold and glory, um, you know, with uh, to bring money back to his uh, wife uh, over in Wales and uh, did so through, you know, privateering, which is basically legal piracy. And you would just be, you know, go on these ships and just fucking people over. And you know what? He plays the part of a pirate amazingly well. He's great at it. Um, so at one point he and his crew and his ship, he's not even the captain, uh, they just get just murdered, just destroyed by this other much bigger, uh, much more competent ship. But a storm kind of takes them both out. He's ended up stranded on an island, uh, with this assassin, uh, who he does not know is an assassin. He's just like some dude. And somehow, and it, like, that's what kind of what pisses me off the most about Edward Kenway this is a trained assassin who, you know, does well in combat, hand-to-hand, blades, and he just kills him. He just decimates him, you know, with nothing but, like, two cutlasses when this guy has hidden blades and, you know, whatever else he has on his arsenal. Um, he takes his shit, sees that he has a note, figures out some sort of, like, meetup, and so he, you know, puts on the clothes, takes his name goes to, um, I believe, Havana and, um, you know, gets the gold or whatever. He is then uh, confronted by, like, uh, Captain Kidd, who turns out to be an assassin, um, and reveals, hey, what you just did was really fucking stupid. Why did you do that? And he's just like, gold. And, <laughs> and everyone in the like the caribbean brotherhood is just like you're such a douche but captain kid is just like wait he's special and so like that was pretty much why the brotherhood didn't like cut him where he stood then and then they also said just like you're going to help us with this because now we have no home and you have ruined everything and he is very much okay with like siding with the assassins after like helping for their downfall um but it was more on that he was really pissed that the templars didn't give him enough money and so he wanted to just kind of screw them over and it was just like his motivations were all out of the place of like being a real assassin and i was just very like it, it was all unearned he was an asshole 
He did this for money. He kept doing it for money. And then he just kept getting drunker and drunker. And it just, I hated watching this. I hated watching his entire journey. It just so it just feels really lazy and it feels like they focused more on the pirate aspect and the story of piracy and all that kind of stuff which is all well and good but like they did not focus on the assassins like all they focused was on like hey you're a pirate you're not an assassin you're a pirate you're not an assassin you're a pirate you're not an assassin and it's over and over and over again the entire freaking game and there was a great happy medium that probably could have been made if they had more time I remember the trailer, the cinematic trailer for uh, the Black Flag game, where it just has like Blackbeard just praising Edward, just like he's he's a devil dressed as a man, and like you don't don't cross him, and he's amazing and he's cool, and like I thought that was what Edward was gonna be, but then I'd play the game, and he's just like this drunken douchebag and i'm just like that's not what i'm here for it it's so funny that you mentioned the trailer because when i heard it and like that exact line i was just listening to it and i'm like hey he's like it's like jaws he's got dog's eyes you ever look into a shark's eyes <laughs> like that's that's how it felt to me i was like oh, right cool this will be pretty cool and then yeah i'm with you i was just like this is uh i was just mad because just like boring yes it like you can be a like being a pirate and being an assassin is probably like one of the worst kind of balances you could do, but you could do it because it could just be like a more anarchic kind of um, way of being an assassin where there's stealth, where you need to be, but like he would be a bit, honestly, he could do with being a bit edgier just as a pirate, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. him being just like this. Sorry, we're getting off topic, but like (laughs) it sucks that everyone sees Edward like that because I, I read the book uh, Forsaken, and it is the uh, kind of it, it is a tie-in novel um, after Assassin's Creed Black Flag, where you kind of figure out the events that led to um, Hatham being who he is and uh, what happened to Edward. So after he left his pirating life, uh, he became you know he just worked with the English assassins and basically was good at his job. He was competent and he spent most of his time just, you know, uh, compiling all the information about first civilization artifacts as best he could. And, you know, he did a great job and he became a master assassin of the uh, English uh, division of the Brotherhood. He remarried and he had a son named Hatham Kenway. Now, this is where things start to get a little dark. No, it, 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 this is where it really starts to. Um, this is where it really starts to get a little Star Warsy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the Kenways uh, run into this um, nice chap named Reginald Birch, and uh, he just becomes a family friend. He falls in love with uh, his uh, Edward's daughter and Hatham's older sister, uh, Jenny or Jennifer, and. Um, you know, he, he's just very nice and he wants to help the family. Um, and he's even brought on to kind of be, you know, the, the godfather for Hatham. And, you know, just he really did like the family. Um, too bad he was a Templar and mm. he taught him how to be a Templar. He taught him the philosophies and the, you know, uh, the goings on of the order. And Hatham then graduated to become a Templar. Um, he was dispatched through Birch to do a bunch of different missions. 
Uh, and he grew to love uh, being a Templar. And, you know, Birch was his father figure uh, after his dad died. This was around the time that he was then dispatched over to North America to um, find a artifact or a, a precursor site. And uh, there he fell in love with a Native American woman um, and had a great time with her. Leaving that to where it was, he then kind of went back on a fight to find um, his sister. And he was able to find her still alive, but in slavery. Uh, and she revealed to him who the real orchestrator of the assassination of his father was. Birch. And it was... Dun, 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 dun! <laughs> it was a very difficult time for him. He was racked with a lot of feelings, uh, but mostly anger. And uh, he and his sister, like, you know, basically fought him. It was a really cool sequence, and, like, it ended with, like, Jenny fighting him and then pushing him onto a blade that Haytham had at the door. And it was a very huge turning point for Haytham of just, like, okay, I avenged my father, but I also now know my father is an assassin. Haytham never had a game, but God, I wish he did, because I think he is this, he's this really cool guy uh, who's, like, debonair and like he's like a colonial james bond that's what i've always kind of yeah, seen him yeah. as um, well i want to unpack a little bit of let's that unpack so like that that's, was a lot that was like a that was just a here's a word dump of lore and Boom. we're and we're halfway through the fucking family yeah, it's, we haven't it, this even is, started this is like, on his yeah this is just son. the tip of the iceberg right um okay so first things first Edward's death. We're going to talk about that for two seconds. Let's talk this about is what Edward's I'm going to talk. I remember we we kind of spoke about this after we recorded the SEO episode because we kind of like started planning this one and we started we like started talking for like 20 minutes and we're like oh shit we should just like stop and just record this. Um, here's my thing on on uh, Edward and his death and everything. Yes, Edward was shit and then he wasn't and that's just how it is he it was like a one kind of redemption thing his wife dies he gets it he's like oh crap none of this is justified anymore i'm going to have to you know now it's, he, he it's becomes not about a, my wife he becomes a good man a good father and a good assassin he, that's the he, thing he like, starts to give a shit about the creed and i and wish I, I wish we saw that i wish we I actually know. saw that in real fucking time I wish they did it at the end of Assassin's Creed 4 where like after the credits you see his death and then you see the beginning of Haytham because the whole thing about it is like you don't really read it. Not everybody reads it. I mean, well, hold on. Did you see the after credits scene of Assassin's Creed 4? Yes. Yes. So it did did show Haytham like taking, uh, sorry, Edward taking Haytham to the... uh, the show that Haytham the was show. like, oh, you know, this is my dad's show that I saw with my father. Da, yeah, da, da, it, it was a, a callback but, to the first scene in uh, Assassin's yeah. Creed 3. So, like, that's a nice re- reveal, but I think it would be cooler to show Edward finally giving a shit about the Creed. Because, it, 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 like, that's the thing. He finally gives a shit and understands the Creed and starts following it only to just die. And it's like, oh, man, that's ah you finally you finally did it and it was taken away and and i think that is really sad um because it's it's like when you finally teach like you have a kid in high school 
who's learning an instrument and the teacher's like super happy about it. like yes you're fi-. like we're the teacher we're like yes you're finally getting it you're finally doing this instrument wow you're doing really well and then they also play football though and then they break their arm and never pick the instrument up again and that's basically him like you are the broken arm you are done goodbye and I think that's really sad because as 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 a fan of the series and the franchise and everything and just watching it and just being like oh man it finally got good just to take it away and the other thing is about Birch I mean this dude is just one manipulative piece of shit okay once I that's was a like for you no dude okay so don't tell Lawrence that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Abu better keep that. Um, so basically, when I was when I was hearing like you re kind of reiterate, it reminded me of this really messed up documentary I watched on Netflix about this guy who becomes he's like I mean he's a child molester he's a really fucked up human being he's manipulative he's really messed up but he. Um, meets this family and he like becomes really nice with them and starts doing stuff for them and then but like he's doing that to manipulate them and like manipulate the kids and manipulate the parents and and i mean the whole series is just like everybody's stupid anyway but he manipulates this like birch manipulates like a master assassin and like obviously all the other assassins know like something's up like birch like hmm who's that and like He's obviously going to talk about it with his assassin's friends. Like, oh, yeah, Birch is coming over for, you know, tea and crumpets. Like, you know, stuff like that. Like, <laughs> that, I don't know why he would sound like that. But um, that's the thing. So I just find it really odd that, like, Birch just was so good at manipulation. And the thing is, like, okay, so you find your sister. You figure it out and all that. And you kill Birch. But he stays. He stays a Templar. And, and that's and where I'll you, let you continue. Yeah. Well, so, no, because well, why do you, why do you, why do you think that is? Well, I'm actually going to say that what you told me the other day was perfect. He not only sure, yeah, being raised on an ideology. I mean, any any form of ideology that you're raised on is technically an indoctrination. You're, I mean, you don't know anything else really, and whatever you do know may tell you like hey, the other way is wrong, and that's all you know is that all I know is it's wrong, and I've been told my entire life that this way is justified. And I think that that has a part in it, um, but I also feel like he genuinely, I mean, after watching, like, Hatham's life, he definitely genuinely believes in, like, the creed of... Of the, the of the Templar uh, Templars, yeah, like yeah. he's like, he's grown up like this, but like you can see it in his personality and the way that he talks and the way that he you know is motivated. It is by reason, it is by understanding, and it is by knowledge. He is a smart motherfucker too. Like he is a smart dude. He is witty. He is confident. He is resourceful. He knows what and how to do everything and anything possible. Um, and he, I mean, I don't, I don't know, like. You know, you wish you could see, you know, an alternate universe where Hatham grows up with his father's tutelage to become an assassin. But could he even be the same person? Because he lends himself so well to be a Templar, it's almost like he was made to be one. And that, and that's what I'm saying is like, I think Hatham, I think he has this strange attraction 
emotionally to his dad because now it's like I never really got to know my real dad. I knew him a little bit and he was taken away from me. And to him, I don't think it's about assassins and Templars. I think in his mind, it genuinely is like, hey, my dad was taken away from me. Fuck you. Like that's, I think that's in his mind. And I think um, the other thing is, we'll, we'll, we'll touch upon this in the next episode as well, but I think before Connor... I think that was a really big deal to him. And I think after he finds out he has a kid, I mean, he genuinely actually sometimes tries to get his son to join him. And I think he, he, uh, there's a part of him who's like, I didn't have a real dad. Shit, maybe I should try. And I think that's part of it. I think he, he's, he's got so much emotions bottled up. And he doesn't really, he's never learned how to use them, if you will. Like, that's not a thing, you know? So, he's unbelievably flawed, but I feel like he's not flawed in the sense of a character being flawed like, like, like don't get me wrong, yes, he, he does not like to say admit he's wrong and that kind of stuff. I think that's a flaw, yes. But I mean, like, he has just so much sadness. He's been through a I just, lot. I, I, when I think of him... Like, he was my favorite thing about Assassin's Creed 3. Like, in terms of assassins and characters and stuff. Like, I felt really fucking bad for this guy. He, he could never really catch a break. And he was just... No. He was caught in the middle of all of this. It just sucks. <laughs> I just felt bad for him. It really does. Knowing his, ba- knowing his backstory um, before Assassin's Creed 3, it's just very like, oh, man. Dude. That sucks. Yeah. Like Ezio had it bad too. Don't get me wrong. Ezio had I'm it with bad, you on that. Like, Ezio had it. He saw everybody die. At least he wasn't like raised by the Borgia. Oh God, no! <laughs> Thank God. Oh God. Oh boy, no. But um, but it's. I mean, I the dude went through some shit, and that's gotta fuck a person up. Hey, I mean, just think be about that. Like probably one of the most interesting of the characters in the franchise just in terms of like his upbringing and his his death and his connection with uh other main characters he never got his own game but he was always as the supporting character in like three different games and it was worth it because he was a very like important character like he's a very big deal he's a very big deal um so what I did want to kind of end on this discussion was like knowing the first and second generation of the Kenway family. Obviously between the two, there was a lot going on, but I feel like Edward was, you know, and chime in if you agree or disagree, but Edward had trouble maturing. Uh, but hate them. Oh yeah. Eighth- oh yeah. No, I'm yeah. going to agree with that. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to let you finish. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That dude was an immature piece of shit. Yeah, he had like he Peter Pan syndrome. Yes, he he reminded me of a child who was like, "I'm gonna become famous and rich by you know being a pirate." Yeah, like that's literally him. But he had the easiest transition from douchebag asshole to father and respected member of community. Haytham had the exact opposite problem. He grew up way too fast, and he also just had a very difficult time with connections and that's uh, you know that's it's really it and you know this these first and second generations of the kenways are suffering from you know alcoholism childhood trauma post-traumatic stress disorder um well 
Why do you think he had such difficulty connecting with people? <laughs> Gee, I don't Gee, know. I wonder why. I wonder why. Hmm. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.